Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Thank you for joining me today in the cafe. Welcome to another KJV Cafe episode. I'm Pastor Clark Covington, and we're going to dive right into a wonderful topic today. We are talking about standing tall for the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days. I'm going to read some scripture to you from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. 2 Peter 3, 1 through 10. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Wow, what a beautiful piece of scripture, what an honest piece of scripture. And here Peter is urging, is begging, is uh, exhorting uh, the church to be stirred up in their pure minds for this last day time that, you know, Peter was writing this then in Bible times, thousands of years ago, saying you need to be stirred up. How much more so as we are on the precipice of the rapture, on the, on the very edge of the second coming, of the very, very end of the end of the end of the last days, before the church is taken home, how much more so should we be stirred up with pure minds? Amen. What a wonderful, beautiful scripture. And today we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about that. We're going to go ahead and focus on that and meditate on that. Tell me if you don't feel a little bit more stirred up after this message, if you don't feel a bit more fired up for the Lord. Firstly here, our pure minds need to be stirred up. We need pure minds. We need to be fired up for the Lord. The end times are upon us. But let me ask you and be honest here today. Where is your heart and your mind? Is it on the things of the Lord? Is it on God's word? Is it on serving the Lord as Peter instructs us to do? Or is it on the things of this world? 
You know, think about this. We put so much, and I say we because I'm included in this, we put so much emphasis on things that happen in this world. You know, we worry about our kids. If we have kids or grandkids, if we have grandkids, we worry about our spouses and our family. We we stress out about work and uh, we stress out about getting somewhere on time and making an appointment. And uh, we have health concerns and financial concerns and we've got concerns about concerns and we get all wound up in this world. And then what does that do to our position as Christians, to our role as a Christian servant, as one that is here to serve Christ, to live for Christ? What does that do for our mind? Well, we get all jumbled up in the wrong stuff. And Peter's saying here, look, beloved, you know, beloved is like he's saying, look, I, I love you. You're my friend and you're, you're, you're my Christian brother or sister. Look, I'm writing to you to stir up your pure mind to remember what Christ did for you. And, and why is Peter writing this? Why is he getting at this? Oh, it's very simple because the time is at hand when some are doubting, aren't they? Some are doubting. In the last days, they're scoffers, right? Uh, we see here uh, in verse 3, so right in the beginning of this uh, scripture here in 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Now, what does it mean to scoff at something? That's the idea that they are doubting, that they are arrogant, that they're prideful, that they're saying, I'm looking around and I don't see any problems. Hey, have you ever been uh, to Orlando, Florida? I've, I haven't been in some time, but they have some nasty storms out there. There's a there's some rain over there and it comes out of nowhere. It can be sunny and you can look around and say, eh, yeah, right. It's going to rain today. I don't think so. And 30 minutes later, you could be hiding under a coffee table. You know, you could be locking yourself in a bathroom because you never heard rain like that or seen wind like that. You know, there's scoffers right now saying, look around. Uh, there's nothing going on. Uh, verse four, uh, where is the promise of his coming, right? What's the promise? That's Jesus Christ's return. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And we have scoffers today. Let me tell you something. The fact that someone would, if you said to them, I'm ready for the Lord to come. I believe the Lord's going to come really soon, maybe tomorrow. And they laughed at you. The fact that they laughed at you is fulfilling this prophecy in the Bible. This It's fulfilling this scripture. It is it is validation that we are in the last days, last days because it is nothing to laugh about. Amen. We are in the last days because it's nothing to laugh about. Uh, and here we see why. This is so fascinating. Verse 5 of 2 Peter 3. Here is why. For this they willingly are ignorant of. This idea of willful ignorance, what does it mean? It means don't ask, don't tell. It means if I close my eyes, it means if I put my hands over my ears, I don't have to see and I don't have to hear, right? And willful ignorance is the idea of I just don't want to know. I'd rather just imagine nothing about this particular subject. And that is the position of many scoffers. They're, they're not Bible scholars. Many scoffers, they're not Bible scholars, because if they're Bible scholars, they'll realize the truth and inherency of Scripture. They'll realize the unbelievable prophecy that's laid throughout all of Scripture. They'll realize the unbelievable connection to Jesus Christ in all of Scripture. They'll realize that however many authors authored the Bible all did so in a way that God worked it through the Holy Spirit, that all of the Scripture is unified in so many ways and all goes along to paint a picture of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. And they'll go through all of this and they'll read about the, the crucifixion and 
the mock trial that led to the crucifixion. They'll read about the resurrection. They'll read about how he's been, Jesus Christ has been seen by over 500, amen. They'll re- read about all of this. They could even go to extra biblical accounts. That's, bibl- that's accounts that aren't even in the Bible. Uh, they can read there from Josephus and many others about how Christ really lived. And they can go ahead and maybe look up and see some uh, information about how all of these artifacts, you know, King Hezekiah, they found the, the well and so forth and the water, the water tunnels. Or they can read about the uh, Cyrus cylinder that points to the Babylonian captivity of the Israelites. And, you know, they can go through all that and say, hey, wait a minute, God's real. (laughs) They're not Bible scholars. They're not doing any of that. What are they doing? They're just scoffing. They're just saying, I don't want to know. They are willfully ignorant. And oh, what a scary thing it is to be willfully ignorant. You know, when it's your life, you know, do you go to the doctor and the doctor says, I've got a grave diagnosis for you. And you say, I don't want to hear it, doctor. And you walk out. I mean, it's your life. Don't you want to know? It's your health. And what uh, Peter is saying here is, hey, this is your life. This is your health. You need to know this. And these people are being willfully ignorant. So you need to step up your game and get stirred up. Amen. You need to get stirred up. And what does Peter liken this to? A, a way that God has given an example for us in his word. Um, verse six, whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished. Well, what does that mean? That refers to Noah's flood. Uh, Genesis 7:11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. And so we see here uh, in verse 7 of Second uh, Peter 3, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So what we're seeing here is what was referenced in the scripture. Uh, matter of fact, in 2 Peter 3, verse 5, even, uh, it says, for this willingly are ignorant of. And then it goes on to say that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. What does that mean? That means there was water in the heavens above. There was water uh, below and all all the water came up. And so it's the same thing as Genesis 7, 11, when it says all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. It's the same idea. And so what Peter is saying here is there was a time that people in the day of Noah were buying and selling and getting married and giving themselves to marriage and thinking that crazy guy building that boat, that guy's a nut. And they were scoffing at Noah. And what happened? Noah had that door open. It could have come in. Amen. Many people probably worked on Noah's ship, yet no one came in. And God flooded that place. And God himself shut that door. Amen. And only Noah and his family were saved. Amen. And it's the same thing that happened then that is happening now in these last days. So what is the prescription? What do we need to do? We need to understand God's marching orders. We need to understand why God wants us stirred up. And we see why God wants us stirred up here in... um let's see here in second Peter three verse nine, a very familiar verse. I've been quoting this verse a lot lately because I never want to preach anyone uh, into the a corner to them to think that they couldn't be saved. Second uh, Peter three verse nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word long suffering. He's willing. He's waiting. He's patient. He's suffering through seeing all the sin. That's an abomination waiting for you to be saved. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord wants everybody to get saved. Amen. The Lord doesn't want anyone to die. I believe that not all will be saved. The Lord is all knowing. He knows past, present and future. He knows who will be saved, but he wants to give everyone the opportunity. 
a God help me to say this, but when we die, we all are going to face the Lord, right? Every knee will bow. And uh, those that are saved, they will be at the Bema seat. Amen. They will get rewards for what they did for the Lord out of a pure heart. And those that are lost will be at the white throne judgment and they will face the Lord. And Lord is going to give them an account. He's going to give them a chance uh, to maybe say why they didn't believe in him. And so that would not work if he was not willing for them to be saved. So verse nine shows that he wants all to be saved, but some will reject and some will scoff. And so what does the Christian do? What is, what are our marching orders? We know that uh, the Lord wants people saved. The Lord wants everyone saved. So our marching orders are to stand up for Christ, to stand tall for Christ in these end times, to be stirred up and to stand up so we can lead others to Christ. That's what God wants us to do. That's why we're here, to glorify him and to lead others to Christ, to show them the prophecy that I've talked about, to show them the cross that I've talked about, to show them that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them and paid their sin debt. And all they have to do is accept that free gift. If they understood that their works wouldn't get them into heaven, that their church membership wouldn't get them into heaven, that their bank account won't get them into heaven, that that nothing else will get them in but the blood of Jesus, if they understood they just had to accept that free gift. They just had to realize their sinful state and come to God and say, I'll make you Lord and Savior in my life. How many would do it? But what are we doing in these end times? We're just trying to get by, just trying to get through another day. Look, we need to be on fire for God. I wish I had more time to dive into this, but I challenge you this week, this month, this year, as long as Lord tarries, Get on fire for God. Get the things of the world, put them on the side, stand up for Christ, stand tall, tell people about Jesus, don't be ashamed, and in the end, it'll all be worth it because we are almost done here. So let's make it about Jesus in these last days. He died for you. The least you can do is live for him. Thank you so much for listening today. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Take care and God bless. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.